Good morning. We begin this morning a two-part series of sermons. Uh, I'm going to preach the first part, and Alex will preach the next part next Sunday. But we're going to be both looking at the same topic. It is the same fundamental topic, the most important topic probably that you could ever preach on when you want to speak on the fundamentals of Christianity. If there is one thing at the core of our Christian walk, one thing that defines us as the people of God, it is our faith in Jesus Christ. We are a people of faith. We must be a people of faith. If we have no faith, we have nothing. If we have no faith that motivates us, if we have no faith that drives us, no faith that pushes us forward, then we are not going to make it. We have no chance of claiming a life beyond this world. But what if you're not a Christian? What role does faith play then in the scheme of salvation? Faith, as we're going to look at this week and next week, is the foundation of our redemption. It is the foundation on which we build everything spiritual about our lives. And that begins not when you become a Christian. It begins even before you become a Christian. You must have faith, and it works sort of like the sun around which these other important critical elements of salvation orbit. And that without that star around which those planets orbit, those other important things scatter off into the void of nothingness. You must have faith. Next week, Alex is going to talk specifically about the faith that Christians have to have, the kind of faith that sustains us as God's people. But what I want to consider this morning is the kind of faith we need to save us. We are a people saved by faith. But what does that mean? More importantly, what does not that mean? Because there is a lot of false teaching out there about faith and salvation and how they work together and in what ways they work together. And so it's important for us, I think, in order to understand the role faith plays in our salvation, to also understand how faith does not work in our salvation. It staggers me how many people out there teach and believe that a person is saved by faith only. That he is saved without having to do anything at all except for just believe that Jesus is the Savior. That as long as you have just a mental thought in your head, you will be saved by Jesus. Salvation by faith only as defined in those ways, which is the way that is taught all over the place in the world. That kind of salvation by faith only is not a biblical concept. And it is, like I say, it staggers me how many people are willing to believe that because the Bible so plainly teaches otherwise. But I guess now that I say that out loud, it doesn't really boggle my mind too much that people would believe it because it is such an easy thing to believe. It is such a desirable thing to believe. And if it were true, I would want to believe it because it makes salvation almost where you don't have to do anything at all. You can just sit back and enjoy it without putting forth any kind of effort, without it putting forth any kind of gumption, without really having any kind of desires at all, any motivation at all. You just need the passive acceptance of the fact that Jesus died and that automatically you're saved from all your sins. But the Bible does not teach a passive a matter-of-fact kind of life in Jesus, nor does it teach a passive, matter-of-fact kind of salvation of Jesus. The Bible does teach faith, and the Bible does sometimes use a faith-only kind of terminology, but we're going to define what that specifically means in a little bit. 
let's first of all consider how we are not saved by faith only in the way that the world uses that terminology. The Bible does not teach faith only because if it did, then the one who wants to say it does needs to answer a few questions. Are you really going to say that we are saved by faith only without repentance? Are we saved without repentance? That is to say, without the turning away from our sins, the mental uh, action and then the physical action in response to that? Am I supposed to believe that a person who is walking in sin can continue walking in sin, but as long as he believes Jesus will save him, he can keep on sinning and be saved? The Bible doesn't teach that. The Bible teaches that salvation demands a person make a decision to change and then put forth the best effort to change. That's repentance. Listen to what my master says in Matthew 21, verses 28 through 31. What do you think? A certain man had two sons. He said to the first son, go work today in my vineyard. And the son answered and said, I will not, but afterward repented and went. And he came to the second and said, likewise. And the son answered and said, I will go, sir, but did not go. Which of the two did the will of his father? And they say to Jesus, the first one did. And Jesus says, verily, I say to you, the publicans and harlots go into the kingdom of God before you. Now he's speaking to the Pharisees and to the religious leaders of the people, the people who had hypocrisy on their hearts and who had false doctrine on their lips, who were basically preaching to the people that you can be right with God as long as you just go through the motions. And Jesus is saying, no, you must actually do the work of God from a pure, penitent heart. That you're going to make mistakes. You're going to sometimes be like those tax collectors and those harlots, those sexual sinners out there. You're going to be like those worst of the worst kinds of sinners like people think of. But they are going to make it to the kingdom. And you're not, he says, because they have a heart that recognizes their faults and is trying to do better. That aspect of repentance is critical to becoming a Christian. So don't tell me that all I need to do is just have the thought that Jesus died and rose again. That if I just believe that thought, automatically I'll be saved. No, you can't have faith-only salvation without repentance. You must repent. Turn away from your sins and do what God says. Now, do you want to tell me that I have faith-only salvation without confession? That I don't have to publicly proclaim that faith that I have in Jesus Christ? Because the doctrine of faith only basically says it's just between you and God as long as you have within your heart the belief that Jesus died and rose. That's all that you need. Nothing else. You have that and then you'll automatically be saved. So that means I can stay having that in my heart. Keep that in my heart. I don't have to do anything else. And if someone asks me, I don't have to tell them. If I see someone in need, I don't have to show them. If I find someone who's searching, I don't have to help them find. No, no. I can keep it just between me and God. That doesn't sound like Christianity. Christianity is a publicly proclaimed religion. Again, listen to what Jesus says, Matthew 10, 32 and 33. Whoever therefore will confess me before men, him will I confess before my Father in heaven. And whoever denies me before men, him will I deny before my Father, which is in heaven. You notice there is no third category there. There is no kind of person who doesn't deny but also doesn't confess. There is no person who doesn't confess, but hey, I also I didn't deny you. No, that doesn't exist because the moment is going to come. The opportunity is going to arise when you're going to have the chance to tell people you believe in Jesus. And if you don't, you don't have to say anything. And Jesus will consider that a denial of him because he is willing to publicly profess you as his person. 
then you must be willing to publicly profess him as yours. And if you want Jesus to confess you later, you must confess him now. So don't tell me that I have salvation just by having a thought within my heart. No, I must repent. And I must confess. And if I do not, I am not saved. And I will not be saved. You want, you want me to believe faith only. But you want me to believe that I'm saved by faith only without living faithfully? That I just need to have the thought just for a moment. Just once, one time, one second, in one day. And then as long as I have that one thought, that one time I'm saved. Nothing else that comes after matters. The Bible doesn't teach that. The Bible teaches the expectation for you to try. Now, you're not going to be perfect. If you were, you wouldn't need Jesus. But you are expected to try to try your best. Now, you're not always going to give your best. So let's not say I'm doing my best because you may not necessarily do your best. And you may not always even try to do your best because some of us have bad days where we just don't put forth the effort that God expects of us. But what God wants for us is to try, to try, to do our best. Now, the very best we can do is living the standard of Jesus, which is perfection. We're not going to reach that standard. We can try, but we're not always even going to reach that level. But we can try, to try, to do our best. And if you want to tell me that I don't even have to try to try, that's false doctrine. That's not true doctrine. True doctrine says you need faith. And you need faith to be saved. And there is an aspect of faith only that we'll cover. But faith only doesn't mean you're saved without faithful living. Listen to 2 Peter chapter 1, starting in verse 5. Beside this, give all diligence and add to your faith virtue. And then add to your virtue knowledge, and to your knowledge temperance, and to your temperance patience, and to your patience godliness, and to your godliness brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness charity. For if these things be in you and abound... They will make you neither to be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. But he that lacks these things is blind and cannot see and has forgotten that he was purged from his old sins. Peter is telling you, you the believer, you the faith haver, you must add to that faith. And if you don't add to those faith, if you're a person who just has faith without adding all those other things, then you are blind. And what Jesus says about the blind is applicable there. You'll go into the ditch. And you won't make it to heaven. Listen to Revelation 2.10. Fear none of the things that you will suffer. The devil will cast some of you into prison and you will be tried and you'll have tribulation 10 days. But be thou faithful unto death and I'll give you the crown of life. The expectation of Jesus is not have a momentary spark of belief and then I don't care what you do after that. No, the expectation of Jesus is faith is not a spark, it's a foundation on which you build all these spiritual things. And that whole process of building those spiritual things and getting your way to heaven, by the grace of God, we'll get that next, is faithful living. Don't tell me I'm saved by faith only without repentance. Don't tell me I have faith only salvation without confession. Don't tell me there's faith only salvation without faithful living. And don't tell me there's faith only salvation without grace. Oh, you just need to believe that Jesus died for you. Really? That's all I need to do? Just recognize the facts at hand? Go back in time 2,000 years, watch him die on the cross, wait a couple days and watch him rise. That's all I need to do. See it and believe it with the mind's eye. No. No, because you are not saved by what you do. And you do belief. 
You do the action of belief. The evidence is presented to you and you either choose to believe it or disbelieve it. It's something you do. You work the work of belief. But you're not saved by works. So don't preach to me faith only salvation because you're leaving out grace when you preach it that way. We are saved by grace. Listen to Ephesians 2 verses 8 and 9. For by grace are you saved through faith. They're connected. And not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. Not of works, lest any man should boast. In other words, you don't get to do, let's take the second verse first. You don't get to do anything, and you're not able to do something that is so amazing and so profound that you're going to make God say, wow, now I have to save you. You've done this, so I must do that. No, you can't put God in your debt. You're in his debt. He's giving you something you don't deserve. That's the definition of grace. And grace is linked to faith. And if those two things are connected, as Paul says they are, then you can't disconnect them and say you only need one of the two. You only need faith only. No, because Paul says you need grace through faith. Faith in Jesus Christ. That he will save you even though you don't deserve it. And you don't deserve it so much that you may be tempted to feel guilty and to think that you're not going to make it because you so don't deserve it. But you can have faith in the grace of Jesus Christ. To save you though you don't deserve it. Don't preach to me faith only salvation and leave out repentance or confession or faithful living or grace. And don't leave out the blood of Jesus either. You need the blood to be saved. What's another word for salvation? Redemption. I mean they don't necessarily mean the same thing. But they're used interchangeably when it comes to the removal of sins from the soul. We are redeemed. By blood divine. We're redeemed because Christ purchased us to use the meaning of the word redemption properly. We have been bought back from Satan's custody back to the custody of God. He lost us when we chose to sin and go join Satan. And then we regretted that decision and we ran back to him. But we found the shackles were too tight and we could not break free and we were trapped to the devil. Then Jesus died on the cross. And the power of the cross unlocked the shackles of Satan. And freed us to make a different choice, to leave Satan and to go back to him. His blood made that possible. His blood paid that price. You are saved through faith, through grace, through repentance, but also through blood. His blood. 1 Peter 1, verses 18 and 19. For as much as you know that you were not redeemed by corruptible things, like silver and gold, from your vain conversation received by the tradition of your fathers. In other words, you weren't saved by purchasing it with your money. You weren't saved by being part of the right kind of family, who your mama, who your daddy was. No, no, no. You were redeemed by the precious blood of Jesus, who was the lamb without blemish and without spot. Can faith wash away my sins? Is that what we sing? What can wash away my sins? Nothing but the faith in Jesus Christ? No, nothing but the blood of Jesus. Yes, I have to have faith. But my faith must be the foundation. And I put my faith in the saving grace of Christ. Repenting to Him, walking faithfully uh, for Him, covered in His blood. We are saved by faith. But you want to tell me we're saved by faith and baptism has no part in that? You, you, want to mean, you, you want to tell me repentance has no part in that? That confession has no part in that? That baptism has no part in that? No, baptism has a part. 1 Peter 3.21 The like figure whereunto even baptism 
does also now save us. Not the putting away the filth of the flesh. I'm not talking about taking a bath and making yourself physically clean. But it is the seeking of a good conscience for God through the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Because he rose from the dead and he became anew. From death, a new life. I want to rise from the dead and become anew. A new life from death. And I want to appeal to God. Please give me that. Well, how do I receive that? Romans chapter 6, verses 1 through 10, really the whole chapter, but the opening of the chapter, Paul says, Don't you know that those of you who've been baptized into Christ were baptized into his death? Therefore we are buried with him by baptism into death. And like as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so you are raised to walk in newness of life. And so Jesus, who died and buried and was risen to walk anew, laid the, the template for you, laid the pattern for you, so that if you will obey his command to be baptized, you can put your sins to death in repentance, bury them in baptism, and rise to walk a new life. I'm not saying water saves you. I'm not saying you're saved because the baptistry is magical. No, you're saved by the blood of Christ, by the grace of Christ, by your faith in Christ, which motivated you to obey the command of Christ to be baptized. You being baptized doesn't put God in your debt. Baptism isn't that kind of a work. Just like belief isn't that kind of a work. Or repentance is not that kind of a work. It's a work in the sense it's something you must do, but it's not a work in the sense of it's something that you do to put God in your debt. God has offered you salvation, though you don't deserve it. You can take it, though you don't deserve to take it. You can take it if you will believe and lay that foundation of belief and add to it a desire to repent and turn from your sins a desire to tell other people about them and a willingness to be buried and to wash away your sins in the watery grave reenacting his death burial and resurrection he commands it mark 16 16 therefore it must be done therefore it cannot be a faith only salvation unless you're willing to put baptism under that umbrella of faith we must be baptized. That does not discount our faith or our repentance or our willingness to confess or negate the blood of Jesus or nullify the grace of Christ. We preach baptism. We believe baptism because it is what it, it is at the point in which the blood of Jesus washes away our sins. And we have faith that that is done. Even though we can't see the blood washing away our sins, we have faith in the salvation of Christ. Colossians 2, 10 through 13. So when we say that you're saved by faith only, that's what we're talking about. We, we preach a faith only salvation because it's not of works that you might do to earn salvation. It's by the faith you have in Christ to do the work he's already done, which is to die on the cross and shed his blood and to offer you salvation graciously. Now how you receive that salvation is according to his commands to you to believe him Repent to Him. Confess your faith in Him. Be baptized into Him. And live faithfully for Him. You do that, and He will save you. Because that's what He's told you to do for Him too. Save you. That's true faith only. The umbrella of faith only. Salvation. Not of works that you might do, but doing the works He expects of you. So yeah, you need faith. You need faith to be saved. Next week, Alex will talk to us about how you need faith as a Christian. You need faith to be sustained, to keep on going, and to make it to heaven someday. Until then, thank you very much. And while I've got you on the phone, if you want to subscribe, you can do so by going to anchor.fm 
slash Matthew-Martin414. I've got uh, free audio files here and there that I'll release every now and then, but for the most part, I put everything behind a massive giant paywall where you have to pay upwards of, I think it's 99 cents a month. So if you can, if you can manage that a dollar a month, <clears throat> that's, you know, it's not easy, but if you want to whip out a buck, then you get hundreds of audio files of all of my sermons and classes and devotionals. So it's uh, anchor, A-N-C-H-O-R dot F-M slash Matthew, M-A-T-T-H-E-W dash Martin 414 and hit subscribe for a buck and you get all my hundreds and hundreds of audio files. All right. Thank you.